right, ladies and gentlemen, it's time for an emergency, in a good way, episode of the Screaming Idiot Show. Just got myself and Tyler in here, and for good reason, you understand why, in just a second. So, first off, thanks everybody for tuning in for this uh, special release. Um, as you know, if you've listened to the show, we've been uh, teasing that Tyler and I were going to go to uh, this concert that we attended on Friday here. Uh, counterparts, like Miles to Flames, Boundaries, and Omerta. Uh, at the King of Clubs in Columbus, Ohio. So, real quick, first off, I do want to talk about the venue for just a second. Um, I've never been there before, and I don't think you'd ever been there before either. I hadn't been there, but I had heard good things from, like, Scotty had played shows there. Um, or not played. He had been to shows there. Sure. Uh, a couple bands we know um, has played shows there, and they all speak very highly of the place. And I was, I was pretty curious to see what it was about. Yeah, me too. And I was, I was really, really impressed with it. Um, you know, I've been to a lot of, lot of venues, and I, I prefer uh, smaller venues myself, like the King of Clubs, like the Newport, like Madison Theater. We've talked about a lot of these venues before. The old Al Rosa Villa. Um, I just think that it creates a more intimate and engaging environment, especially when it comes to a metal show. See, um, to me, I don't think those venues are that small. Right, right, and in, in all reality, it's not Muddy Creek Saloon. Because, like, to or, me, you know, yeah, I'm used you're to... You're thinking of a bar. I'm I'm used to playing in, like, dive bars Not an actual, just a music Like, venue. I've played at the Newport, I've played at the Al Rosa, um, I've, I've played at some of these venues, but those aren't venues that I play at very often. Sure. Um, so when I think of, like, typical venues... Anyone in the Ohio, you know, central Ohio area probably has been to the basement or yep. the NR bar or something like that. Um, you know, max capacity is like, I don't know, like 200 in those places. Sure. And so that's that's what I, I think of like a typical venue. And then you have these venues, you know, like the King of Clubs and stuff like that where you can you can pack quite a few hundred quite people a few, in there. I was going to say several hundred people in there. I was impressed with which I'm not sure how new the facility is, but it was it was very clean. It was very upscaled. Um, didn't feel like a, a dive bar of any uh, you know by any means. Stage was real real nice and high. Mm-hmm. Um, there was a now we didn't go up there, but there was like a balcony area, um, a second level to it that overlooked the stage. Uh, you know, nice big bar, outdoor patio. The bathrooms were nice and big enough that you know you. you I never had to wait in line to go take a piss or anything like that. So, um, obviously, can't speak from the band's perspectives as far as uh, uh, how they felt about the venue. And uh, I would love to get to sit down or or have a Zoom conversation with anybody that's played there um, to get their opinion of it. But as a fan, uh, from that perspective, man, it was a cool ass place. And I can't. I know we're going to uh, Polaris and Currents there in October, and I uh, can't wait to get there. So, enough about the venue. Let's dive into the show. First off, you know, me personally, I was most looking forward to seeing moths. Um yep. we we have ta- I mean we've we've had entire episodes centered around those guys um and and what their music means to us. Um so I was super super excited to see them. Full disclosure, I hadn't heard of Omerta um until we bought the tickets for this show. Um and and then I started listening to some of their music. They're more new metal, um, I believe, is kind of what they you know consider themselves to be. Eh, um, 
I don't know that I'd, I'd call it new metal, but there's that's there's what, enough of the rap. That's kind of what there. they consider themselves. Yeah, there's enough of like the rap and stuff in yeah. there that. Yeah, you could definitely you, call it that. new metal vibes, right? Yeah. So I, you know, hadn't heard a lot of Omerita. Honestly, between the four bands on the bill, the one that I really, you know, only really knew that well was Mobs. Um, you know, I'd heard some counterpart songs you had sent in the, in the chat. I know you had listened to them, you Mm -hmm. know, before. Um, I don't think either one of us had listened to boundaries much, if at all. I heard of them with the show announcement. Okay. Yeah. And when the, the show announced, I, I went and listened to one of their albums while I was in the gym one day. Okay. Gotcha. Um, So we'll, we'll run through this band by band. We'll go from, you know, the, the, First fight on the card to the main event. Chronological, so, baby. Chronological. So, Omerita, and, the, and Tyler and I did this. The way that we did this was e- after every set, we went out to the patio, pulled out our phones, and put notes in our in our phones for the pot. So, we were able to give you uh, our instant reaction to what we saw. So, And part of that is my ass going to forget. Facts. I'm you know, too older. I, I, I forget a lot of shit. Mm-hmm. So, um, I, I had to write some notes down. Uh, especially for the few bands I hadn't really heard of. Yes. So I'll go ahead with my notes from Omerita, and I'll, I'll read them as I as I wrote them. Tons of energy. Mm-hmm. A ton of energy. Really good vocals. Although a lot of their songs kind of sounded the same live, and their sound quality wasn't great, but they have a ton of potential. None of that is meant in any way, shape, or form to be disrespectful at all. Um, I was super impressed with their their vocal style. Hell, you remember when their uh, their backup vocalist and who also is a guitar player handed his guitar to the yeah. front man and grabbed the mic and they switched for a song. And they have a, a lot of their song style is super creative. There's a lot of rap in it. There's a lot of guttural like deathcore type screams in it. Um, a lot of high lows, which you know I like the octave screaming. Well, you knew. Look, you knew when the vocalist came out and he was clearly like five foot three, maybe. Yes, and scrawny. he had on like a black turtleneck with a cross necklace. Yeah, you you knew he was going to like summon demons. demons. Yeah, and he did too. He did. Yeah, bro, he's got pipes. <laughs> and uh, I, I met him after the show, you know, went up to him, shook his hand when he was, he was working the merch tent and a uh, super cool dude, too. So, um, yeah, like I said, just first impression of the band and the sound thing, really what it was is we had talked about it sounded kind of like they scooped the mids a little bit. Uh, the guitars were just kind of washed out, especially I think it was more noticeable early in the set. The later in the set that they got, I could actually hear the guitars a little more. So you might not have been able to, and it might have just been the song, but, you know, they're playing in a really low tuning. Um, excuse me. So I, I wanted to hear the guitars a little bit more in my face, the bass mm-hmm. as well. The bass was kind of washed out too. I heard a lot of kick drum. I heard a lot of cymbals, and I heard a lot of vocals. Yep. So you know me. I'm a riff I'm a riff head. So I that's just me personally. I want to hear the, uh, the guitars kind of in my face a little more. Um, I talked about their energy. They were great with the crowd. Like, they were fucking going nuts on stage, getting circle pits going, getting people going nuts in the pit. Um, so for an opening act, man, they brought the fucking energy, and I I think they started off the show uh, extremely well from that standpoint. Tyler, oh, yeah. I'll, let, I'll let you go ahead on them. All right, so 
the the one piece of shit I want to talk. I couldn't get over the pants, bro. <laughs> they were dressed very uniquely. Um, one of their guitars had Jenkos on. Um, oh the, the, man, their front like, man had like looked like. You ever seen Dragon Ball Z? You ever seen Goku's pants in Dragon Ball Z? They looked like that, but they were like black or gray. They, they were, they were, they were gray, but like maybe even poofier. Yeah, they were pretty poofy, bro. And then their bassist had like a dress shirt on. <laughs> uh, the the other guitarist had like uh, two tone jeans or something. On. Yeah, they were like dre- yeah. they stood out. So I think that they oh, reached yeah. their, you know. So like I, I don't like to judge people based on their wardrobe. I mean, fuck, I I I'm a big fan of Slipknot, and they're yeah. fucking weird as shit. You also so, wear flip flops with jeans. I do wear flip flops with jeans, so I I kind of have no room to talk yeah, any shit fair. about wardrobe, but. I kept looking over at dude's pants and and just the Jenkos. Yeah, yeah. but I, I was looking back and forth at both of them. And I'm just like shaking my head. But you I noticed. I did so notice. It worked. It did work. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But uh, yeah. I mean, other, other than that, I enjoyed their set. Yeah, for sure. And we were, we were vibing. Think, we were bobbing. I think for an opening act to get the crowd uh, involved the way they did. Um, I can't say there was a ton of people, you know, really circling up, you no, know, it was in like the pit 10, or anything like that. Know. But to get anybody moving on on set one, you either have a crowd of crackheads or you, you're doing something you're right. Doing something right, yeah. And I, I think they was doing something right. And like you said, had a ton of energy mm-hmm. moving around the stage, but. It wasn't it wasn't like they were just running back and forth. You know what I mean? No. I, I feel like some bands I've I've watched they move around and just like run laps. They're they're just like pacing back and forth on on the stage just for the sake of saying, Yeah, I'm, I'm moving I'm around, all over, man. Yeah. I you know, I'm I'm getting I'm going. Like No, these dudes what? were swinging their guitars around and oh, jumping. Oh, yeah, they, and, they, they, yeah. Were, they were having a hell of a time. Yes. They were having, that's the thing, is that I noticed they were having a fucking blast, too. So. And <laughs> another thing. So they're, uh, they're, they're one guitarist that does the, the, uh, the screaming yeah. and stuff uh, kind of in the background there. I, I had a moment where, like, I just connected with this dude. Okay. You didn't tell. This is the first I'm hearing about this. And what it was is after about the the third time I seen him do it, I I caught the trend. Okay. About halfway through the set, you could tell he was like, he was tired. kind of gassed. Getting gassed. And before a scream, he he gave one of those faces like, oh, fuck, here we go. (laughs) And (laughs) I was like. I make that same face, bro. I've been there, bro. I do the That's same me. thing. <laughs> when I'm all gassed and shit, I'm like, here comes the scream. I'm like, <sighs> kind of roll my eyes back, and I'm like, fuck, here we go. Deep breath. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, and it's crazy when you think about it, because the night before they were in Columbus, they're in fucking London, Ontario. They drive like almost six hours to Columbus to play. They get done with that. They turn around. They drove to, I think it was Minneapolis, Minnesota, and played the very next night. So this tour they're on is fucking strenuous, bro. Oh, my. I couldn't imagine. I mean, I hope they got lots of Celsius on hand. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
so that that was a pretty cool moment. Like these guys, they're they're clearly young, and like you said, have a ton of potential. And the fact that they are doing this thing on the level they are at the age that they are, all the way from Houston, Texas. all the way from Houston, Texas, yeah. and you know, seeing seeing what they're doing and and how they're able to captivate an audience was was pretty cool. Um, I, I did have concerns about the sound and I wasn't sure how much of that was the sound guy and how much of that was the band. At first, I, like I mentioned to you, I was concerned because I'd never been to the venue before, so I didn't know what kind of sound we were walking into, but right. it, with that said, it had reminded me of the Al Rosa days. And they, they had a notorious sound guy who didn't give a fuck what feedback you had to offer him. Mm-hmm. He was very much, I'm going to run sound the way I want to run sound. If you don't like it, fuck off. Okay. And it pissed a lot of people off. Sure. Well, and, yeah, naturally. Yeah. yeah, one of the things that he would do would, I mean, every single band had the same kick drum sound because he ran them all through a trigger system. And he fucking blared that shit to where every band that went up, pretty much most of what you heard was a kick drum. It washed everything out. And it just overpowered everything. And that shit pissed me off, especially when it's like our style of music and you got Scotty back there going nuts on on a double bass. A lot of kick drum. And it's like, okay, well, our style isn't really meant to be all fucking kick drum. Right. This isn't <laughs> death metal, bro. <laughs> so I was really concerned about that because, you know, I'm with you. Most of what I heard was the drums and some cymbals and vocals. I think what what the issue was is maybe the, the guitar tones were maybe a little scooped on the mids. Mm-hmm. Um, and what that tends to cause is issues with the bass being able to have its own spot in the mix. So I heard almost no bass. Right. I heard bass when there was nothing else playing. Yes. Which sucked because I could tell that dude was busy. Oh, for sure. Like and I going look nuts up, while he was playing. Yeah, like I, I could look up and I could see that he was he was busy on the fretboard. And he was switching between playing with a pick and playing with his hands, mm-hmm. which I thought was really cool. Yeah. But I couldn't hear what the fuck he was playing. So right. I'm like, it, it looks cool. <laughs> yeah. It, what you're doing looks when cool. We're, when we're talking about the sound, we're just saying, <laughs> hey, we, we we felt bad because I we know y'all are fucking doing work. And the same, me, you know, being a guitar player, I'm watching the watching both guitarists uh-huh. and they're up and down. They're fucking shredding. Ver- I mean, even in verses, they're they're going nuts. I'm like, man, I just I want to hear that with some clarity. Right. And it was it was very muffled. It was very muddy. Um, not putting that on the band at all. Or not trying to put that on the band at all. Um, just just wish that I was able to hear uh, hear their talent a little more because it's very evident they have it. Right. So, um, but other than that, hell of an opening act. Um, moving on, second band in the set, Boundaries. Um, again, band that I hadn't really dove into um, until this show, and it was probably. 
the first three notes of their first song. Oh yeah. And you and I looked at each other with white <clears throat> ass eyes and, and we're a like stank face. Oh the, fuck. It wasn't even a stank face, okay? It was stank with an A. We'll we'll just give you an the first the first thing I wrote down for boundaries in my notes and I wrote it while they were playing was wow in all caps. Tyler, yours was something to the effect of stank face. God damn. And then goddamn. Yeah. Fuck. Fuck. Yeah. The Yeah. All right, real, I'm just real quick. Never had checked these guys out much before the show, but damn, am I a fan now. Three vocalists and all three have pipes. Individual talent between each member of the band. Honestly, blew me away more than any band I've ever seen for the first time. They nailed every single note, never never missed a beat, and they played, they raged with razor edge precision. That was the, the most perfect way that I could describe that performance because that was 20 minutes or however long of absolute raging but with absolute precision. It was fucking insane, bro. Oh, it was incredible. And, like, <clears throat> that's... Uh, as soon as, soon as we, we heard them start, and it wasn't even like they, they came in with, like, a warm-up song. No, no. There was no, no, no lube. No. They, they just <laughs> no, went No, we in. had to bite the pillow. They yeah, went in dry. Yeah. <laughs> they went in on it. And, uh... The guitar tone was just oh, it was filthy. All the gain, all, all the, the mids. mids. Oh, oh Lord Jesus! So it what we hit. didn't hear from Omerta as far as tone and sound, we heard it with boundaries. I mean, in the the bass, bro, like mm-hmm. you heard every note he was playing, and these dudes are fucking raging, bro. And again, three vocalists. They they have their front man, they their bassist screams, and then their drummer does their clean vocals. So, I mean, and all three of them, I mean, they were, you know, when you see a band and you're like, wow, those dudes were fucking on it tonight. Oh, yeah. Boundaries was fucking on it. Yeah, and I mean. And they might disagree. They might be like, oh, that was an all right show. But for me, I mean, it takes a lot to, like, really impress me with a band that I'm seeing for the first time. And those dudes blew me the fuck away. You could tell everybody in the band was on point that night. Oh, dude. I don't think any of them would have looked back at their their performance and said eh and so eh. many of their songs we talked about this on the way home that night so many of their songs we noticed have a lot of tempo changes and they fucking that, nailed them. look that in metal i mean in any kind of music is is really difficult to do but the extent to which they do it is so fucking difficult and you really don't hear that outside of like I think I've heard it referred to as like math core, like, you know, prog Polyphia. metal and yeah. shit like that. Periphery. Where they're really rhythmic yeah, and, and even like gent and stuff. That's like, what's crazy about these dudes is they're like almost death core. There's like almost no clean vocals in any of their songs. And they're doing all these crazy ass tempo changes, then throwing in some chugs. And it just, they're, they're fucking all over the place. Yeah. But it, it was, was so precise. Oh, Absolutely. I mean, never and, miss and a beat. You gotta wonder, like, one, we've mentioned how how a lot of bands um, you know, have trouble with like click tracks and things like that. Yes. They have to be playing to a click track because every every band that played had like the in ear monitors and yeah. and whatnot. And you know they likely have a uh like a click track going at least for the drummer 
um, through that monitor system. And to be able to play live to that is so fucking hard because your emotions and everything want to just take you away. Yeah. And they're able to stick to those precise tempo changes, stay in the pocket together, but also still keep the energy. Oh my God. Absolutely. It's crazy. I, like I said, I I just, I was so impressed because you, I mean, Bro, their bases look like, and this isn't an insult. This is a compliment, my my friend. If you're listening, their bases look like he was like 19, dude. And are you sure? Yeah, he didn't look like he was 19. I man. thought he looked really young. You thought he looked old? I didn't think he looked old, but I thought he was like maybe you know our age. I mean, he might be. Maybe I'm giving not giving ourselves enough credit here. I mean, we're still young and beautiful, baby. I, I you're right, <laughs> but they just the way that they put their their songs are very complex musically because again, three vocalists, two guitarists, the the bass is doing so much. Their drummer is a fucking madman. Like I I think I took more videos, and I I hate recording at shows. The reason I did it at this show was because I wanted to put some out on our socials. And I think I took more videos. And when I say more, I think I took a total of three from mm-hmm. Boundaries. I usually took one from every other band, but I took three from Boundaries. Just I'm like, I want to savor this shit because we're, we stood kind of in the back for that set because yep. we just got a beer and we're kind of up elevated a little bit and just watching the fucking pit go absolutely oh nuts. My, I'm, I'm sure someone had a broken nose after that. Oh, dude, it was the sweat that was pouring off of people after their set, bro, because it was nonsense. They was, don't have a soft it song, was gross. bro. Just, I mean, they fucking rage. And the, th- the thing that I thought was super cool, too, and I kind of felt out of place, there was a lot of parts where, you know, they throw the mic to the crowd for the crowd to hit the line, and they oh, knew yeah. it. And they knew it. And they knew it. And I'm like, oh, I'm a bitch. <laughs> oh, so I'm paying my respects so, today, boys. I got my boundary shirt on. I'm paying my respects. So one thing I would like to note is I had checked out one of their albums, right? So okay. I, I checked out the the one album with the black and red cover, mm-hmm. and your I warmth, listened through your, it your while in the gym. Fades or something. And Receipts. sometimes I have a tendency to allow that, you know, whatever I'm listening to in the gym to be kind of background noise. Yeah. Um, just something to help emphasize the mood. Mm-hmm. Um and not really listen to the music very much and it it must have been a situation like that where I listened through it but I wasn't very focused. Um, I enjoyed it while I listened to it, but it really didn't hit me. And then hearing them live, it hit me. And then I go back and I start listening to their their records again. And I'm like, holy fuck. We listen to boundaries like all the way home, bro. The the whole way home. I mean, I think we listened to like one Kamai Khan song, but other than that, it was boundaries the whole the oh, whole yeah. hour drive, hour and hour long drive home. Their screamer, their their main vocalist, he's he's screaming. Oh, he's he's screaming, bro. He's yeah, not doing he's this. He's got bitch a hell of a holler on him, boy. <laughs> Brother, if you're listening, and I hope you are, a hell of a holler is the highest form of compliment that you can get about an about a scream. 
he was absolutely fucking raging. And it's that that scream that is like very hard to mimic. It's not, you know, we talk about guys screaming properly. Um boundaries is it's no no i what what did i say to you when we were standing there i said he screams like jamie from polaris and not that it sounds the same but when jamie screams he's it's almost like they're yelling yeah and he is going fucking ballistic and another vocalist that we're going to talk about here in a minute does the same thing and did the same thing live but um i was so impressed with that type of scream oh yeah but Another thing I'd like to add to that, he does have kind of like the one scream. He doesn't have a ton of range. No. But because they have the other guys screaming, they're able to add some dynamic in there. They're able to kind of give that that back and forth, that octave type screaming that I, you know, I really like the high calm high lows. And um, I thought Omerta had done a really good Omerta job of that. Omerta did a great job of that too, because their their Omerta's guitarist kind of does that real that scorching scream type yep. thing, and their front man does the more guttural lower pitch. Oh shit. yeah. So in Boundaries, kind of does the same thing where their bassist is hitting a lot of the higher screams, while their front man is hitting those fucking wicked ass like demonic guttural growls. Oh like, yeah. <sighs> and then you said it perfectly. You see a band like that live, and they they blow you away like they do, and then you go and listen to the record again, and you hear it completely different than you did the first time. Uh It gives you a whole new appreciation. And uh, just to drive that point home, no band since Norma Jean has blown me away like that the first time seeing them. I mean, those are the two bands that I've seen live for the first time that I'm like, wow, these are like Mount Rushmore concerts I've been to for as good of a performance they put on. And I'll say... There's there's been several bands that have hit me like that where like I really didn't get into them that much until I seen them live and then it just made sense. Yeah, you get it. It just yeah, I I just I get it now. And Boundaries is definitely one of those for you. Oh, fuck yes. Yeah. So, we we kind of said that that Boundaries kind of stole the night, um stole the show, um and it brought up an interesting topic that we're going to cover when when Preston's back on the show from vacation, so uh, we'll get to that at a later date. But uh, let's move into Moths, the band that we, we, we signed up to go see, right? Yep. And th- this th- this kind of applies for Moths and counterparts both. Boy, the world must be hard up for bassists out there. <laughs> That's not a slight. That's not a slight at all. I'm just saying. So both Moths and counterparts played the show, and I'm guessing the whole tour, or at least a lot of the tour, without a bassist. Yep. So, you know, they, they got their two guitarists and they, they have their drummer and their vocalist and that's it. Um, so man, that's, that's tough. I, you know, I, how do you overcome something like that? You know, is it a, uh, uh, backing track? Is it, you know, bringing the low end of the guitars out? Is it, um, it's like this, both of them were clearly using some backing tracks to have, to to, have, have the bass in there. But we're gonna we're gonna bring it back to a previous episode. Having the bass there in like person playing with the band is like having the Trojan, you know on skin. Okay. You know what I mean? Where like 
It's there, that, but that's you don't like really the know elite, it's there. The elite condom, yeah. right? And then having those backing tracks are like those shitty ones you get at the health department. You or the ones I mean? that you get from the truck stop. Yeah. 25 yeah. cents. <laughs> so that was that was definitely, I'm sure, an inconvenience for them. Um, but there's just no energy from the base. Because, I mean, look, whether you notice the bass playing or notice what the bass is playing or not. Musicians notice. When the fucking bass player is there, and especially like with boundaries where you heard everything that was being played and stuff, you can't fucking beat that. No. You can't beat that. You can't fucking just say, oh, you know, we'll throw in some some backtracks just to have the bass going and expect it to have the same feel. It doesn't feel the same. Yeah. And that's quite unfortunate. It is. And you feel for them, right? Right. I mean, it's not their fault that they don't have a bassist. You know what I mean? It's just, you know, because I know that Miles was down, and one of those guys is a, is a fill-in. Um, I think their other guitarist is, is a fill-in because they, they're down to three full-time members. Um, counterparts, I don't know what the story is behind that. Um, but you know, you feel for them and, and, and give them fucking props for going out there and putting on a good show with, with, you know, a huge missing piece, mm-hmm. you know, even as a guitarist, I can say this, if you're a two, if you're a two guitar piece and you're missing one, you can, you can still pretty much put on the same show. If you're missing the bassist, bro, that's, I mean, that's, you, it's not like missing your drummer, but it's damn close. You know what I mean? So, because in my opinion, the bass and the drums bring more energy than just about anybody. That's bringing a lot of the feel. Yeah. It's all the groove, too. The 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 groove, the feel, it's all coming from that rhythm section, the bass and the drums. Without those, man, it's tough. But, yeah, I mean, even still, Moths put on a great show. Yeah, absolutely. Chris is a monster. He is, he's he is a freaking nature, dude. Like when he's when he is screaming and like you said, it almost looks like he's having a seizure. He's snapping his neck back and forth, and you can see the. I mean, we're like thirty he, feet away. It's like and an exorcism see, is happening. It releasing some fucking demons. Exactly. Bro. You can see the veins popping out of his neck, and he is just losing his fucking mind. And I'm like, holy shit, he's in. I mean, I literally put in my notes, Chris is a monster. And he's just this little ass dude. I've got a great story to tell about Chris after the sh- after their set, but we'll we'll get to that. But you know this little ass short haired dude mm-hmm. that you see him in a crowd at a metal show. You go, that guy screams in a metal band just because he fits the <laughs> bill, bro. But you you know you would never expect those sounds to come out of the, uh, out of him. And no. he absolutely crushed it. Um, I wonder. We talked about. It, I wonder if he was um having a little you know maybe throat soreness or something like that because his uh yeah. one of the guitarists was helping him out seemingly more than normal on vocals well, i know that guy helps out some on vocals but i felt like compared to the last time i seen them live he was doing more yeah uh this time and maybe more of the like singing. they didn't have the same set as what we heard the last time we seen him or seen them so maybe it's just those particular songs, but yeah. I felt like he was doing a lot more than he normally would. And I could tell that Chris, when he was hitting his clean vocals, um, he's he still has a, 
kind of a rasp to his clean vocals. Mm -hmm. And when he was hitting, trying to hit those high notes and stuff, it was coming out more like, like an incorrect scream. Kind of like how Sean and I had started screaming where we would just kind of pick a pitch and then just push it really hard to make it sound just kind of raspy and, "Ah," you know, some grit to it. But, um, that's kind of what I was hearing from him through the set, but at the same time, they weren't playing their songs where there was a lot of that singing. No, and they, I wonder if that was intentional. And that's where you know I had the discussion of maybe he was having some vocal issues, and he kind of had this attitude about him at this show where he just kind of didn't give a fuck. Yeah, it was funny. Counterparts actually tweeted after the show. I don't think I've ever seen Chris be more mean to a crowd than I have tonight. And he was. He was kind of an asshole to the crowd, but in a funny way, not in like a it, it was it was it was fucking hilarious. There was I had song, never been called a motherfucker so many times in my yeah, life. There was a there was a song they played where he was like, Chris said, We're gonna play this and this is probably the last time we'll ever play this song, and I mean this from the bottom of my fucking heart. I fucking hate this song. Let's go. And they played it. And I was like, <laughs> Chris don't give a Fuck. I'm like, that's how you know you're huge. Mm-hmm. When you can, like, just have a night where you're, I, I'm not making assumptions or anything like that, but you can be pissed off or, or worn out or tired or something and still go out there and put on that type of performance. Well, like, when we seen him, seen them up in Cleveland, he had some of that attitude about him and kind of that swagger and that yeah. kind of I don't give a fuck what you think kind of thing. Which I'm, is metal I'm here as fuck, to, by the way. I'm here to play. I'm going to play our songs. I'm going to do my thing. If you don't like, like it, it you like you. it, you don't. I'm doing it anyway. Sucks to be you. <laughs> but like this show, he was very much like, how fucking dare y'all just fucking stand there? Oh, dude, if there was a single second where the pit wasn't going nuts, like, bro, I was afraid he was going to like look at me when I wasn't like doing something yeah. and like call me out. Like, I like he, I like those parts where he's like bounce, 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 bounce. I mean, he, like I'm like mean, going get, into his dude, fucking screen parts. If you oh, go to a mob show, you man. better not fucking stance. I don't care if you're two stepping. I don't care if you're swinging. I don't care if you're just you know circle pit. I don't give a fuck what you're doing. You better be fucking moving because if not, Chris will see you and he will call your bitch ass out. <laughs> so you better be fucking moving. But yeah, the fucking bounce and the whole place is jumping. I'm like, dude, this is. I fucking imagine. Awesome. I imagine some people in the crowd needing therapy after that. Yeah, therapist is like, Chris is not going to come out He's- of nowhere and force you to pit. <laughs> And then here comes fucking Chris. Fucking Chris can't get you. TKO. You're, <laughs> you're sitting in the corner doing this. Chris can't get me. Chris can't get me. He but crawls out from under the all, bed. All of a sudden, you're bounce, bounce, bounce. You motherfuckers. Hey, real quick, what's the score of the Reds game? <laughs> Chris, in between songs, is like, hey, somebody tell me the score of the Reds game real quick. And, like, everybody's so scared, they pulled out their phones. We're like, uh, uh, uh. And then when they found out he it wasn't good. He commands the crowd. Bro, he abs- his, his. I don't think I've seen anybody live command a crowd the way that he does. Dude, he is so intimidating on stage. Bro, I literally hid behind a dude for a bit because I'm like, bro, don't, don't see me not moshing and like, like call me out, man. Because then, ah, oh God, he is incredibly intimidating on stage. The, the yeah. crowd control, stage presence. When he looks like he's going through a fucking exorcism during a song, you're like, I'm not gonna not do what he tells me to do. Right. So, but anyways, for being short staffed, 
what a fucking great set. Um, so glad that I finally got to see him live. Can't wait to go see him again next time they're uh, in town or close. Um, if you haven't seen him, <laughs> you need to. So, oh, and fun story after after uh, their set, I went over to their merch tent to get a shirt. And funny enough, Chris was the one doing merch, and we wore shamelessly our pod shirts to the show, which Fuck was cool. Yeah. Because we had a lot of people come up to us and, and ask about the shirts and all, you know, is it a podcast? And, you know, ask about the show, ask about Screaming Evidence. Because, uh, you know, <clears throat> hell, I had a Screaming Evidence hat on. But so it was it was cool to, to do that. Um, but I, I walk up to the merch tent, stand in line, and then it's my turn. And the first words out of Chris's mouth, he points at my shirt and says, yo, I saw that logo on Twitter today. And I was like, of course, you know, I'm trying not to fanboy out. He's already had like, the six people in front of me asked to take a picture with him and I'm not going to be that guy. And, um, I'm like, yeah, man. I was like, yeah, it's, it's a podcast. I don't even know if, I don't know if I said it's a podcast or it's our podcast, but he, he was like, man, I saw that logo on Twitter today. Hell yeah. I was like, yeah, it's a podcast or it's our podcast or whatever. And that's about all I said. Cause I, I'm the last guy that's going to be like, Oh, you should listen to it. You, you, you should listen. No, I'm not going to fanboy out like that. If he wants to check it out, you can check it out. If not, that's cool too. But, but anyways, it was super cool that, you know, oh, one yeah. of your favorite musicians like immediately recognizes your brand. Like that's cool as fuck. That is the power of branding, sir. That's cool as fuck. And Omerta the same same thing with them. They've liked and retweeted some of our stuff. So um it's super cool to have bands that you've seen and you enjoy uh recognize that. But he was so cool, uh you, you know, talking to him at the merch tent. You could tell like he's got his on stage persona. And it's I'm not calling it fake, it's just man, when you get on stage, you know, you get in this mindset. It's completely different than when you're off stage. Mm -hmm. um, so I was afraid, you know, I didn't want to talk to him too much because I I didn't know if he was in a bad mood. I certainly didn't want to piss him off, and I sure as hell wasn't going to fanboy out. But he was so cool. He was so down to earth. He was so polite, um, and I was happy to support him. Um, I, I hope you guys are listening. I hope you you check out the show. Um, we've talked about you guys a fuck ton. So you're one yep. of our favorite bands. You're Tyler's favorite metalcore band. So absolutely. Um, but again. Thanks for the thanks for the recognition, Chris. That's that's awesome. Um, all right, on to counterparts and and full disclosure. I think we stayed for what three songs? Yeah. Um, this is not meant as a shot at counterparts at all. Um, and this kind of leads into the topic that we're really going to dive into when Preston's back from vacation. Um, when an opening act or opening acts sets the bar so, so, so high that it's almost virtually impossible to follow up. Yep. And I really felt like that's what Boundaries and Moths, more specifically Boundaries, did. Oh, yeah. Um, you know, Counterparts comes out, you can tell they've got great energy. You can tell they're they're pretty talented. Um, they've, they've The crowd's going nuts. Um, they're really, really young. I mean, their guitarists look really young. Yep. Um. And it's not meant as a sign of disrespect, but, you know, we were kind of to the point where, boy, how do you follow up boundaries and how do you follow up moths? And, um, you know, we kind of dipped out early to beat traffic. Um, not that, you know, we didn't want to support. Obviously, we supported. We paid for the ticket. We showed up, we, yep. you know, but um, it was it was just kind of hard um, to compete with what we had already heard. Um, when you have a band that, that just comes out and absolutely demolishes you 
for 20, 25 minutes, and then another band comes out and does the same thing, you're almost tired. Yeah. Like, it's just, it's a lot, man. And it begs the question of, you know, what? Do, how do people feel when that happens? Um, that's kind of the first scenario that I've been in like that, where an opening act, um, opening acts, or supporting acts, I don't want yeah. to call them opening, but supporting acts, um, blow you away like that because every i mean like the norma jean show we went to that was gray haven and another band gray haven was great they weren't norma jean norma jean was the headliner appropriately you know there was a show before the day before our show on friday um that was norma jean opening for memphis mayfire and that that's not meant as disrespect to memphis mayfire but like bro if you've ever seen norma jean live like they are called the the almighty. almighty Norma Jean for a fucking reason. And I, we we talked about that show. We're like, man, I'd love to go see Norma Jean again, but we would go for 25 minutes and leave because nobody in here is a gigantic Memphis fa- Memphis fan to begin with. Their old shit's great, but just the, the energy and the type of music, and it would be so hard to listen to a Norma Jean set and then listen to a Memphis I set. I wonder who thought that they would go well together on They're a They're completely different genres for one. Like, and I thought Grey Haven and Norma Jean together was, was pretty good. Perfect. That's a perfect pair. They're, they're very different, but with the same vibe, I would say. Couple Icon would be a great one to put on that build, too. And, Another hardcore band like oh, that. Yeah. But, like, for me, I've I've been listening to Counterparts for a while. I think Preston had sent them to me originally. Yeah, I was going to say Preston's been listening to them. Um, My only complaint about them is because I listen, I prefer to listen to music album to album, Mm -hmm. Counterparts is is a band where I have a hard time making it through a whole album unless it is like background noise while I'm in the gym. Yeah. Because it is... It is a constant rage. It is a constant theme throughout, you know, song to song to song. And so if I'm in the gym and I, I need to put on an album to, to make it through a 45-minute work, workout or whatever, Counterparts is a pretty, you know, common band that I'll throw on. Sure. But if I'm in the car and I'm listening, you know, with intent, I yeah. have a hard time making it through. And, and part of it is a complaint that we have brought up many times on the show, which is when the scream is just one scream Mm -hmm. the entire time and it's not broken up with clean vocals, it's just straight screaming every song, but it's the same scream all the way throughout, it gets monotonous. Yeah. Um, I thought when I kind of dove into them, I kind of... God, I... You know, I don't want to sound rude or, or anything like that because they're they're very popular. Obviously, they got their own headlining tour, and there's a ton mm-hmm. of people that like them, but they're just not my cup of tea. That's okay. Um, I thought a lot of their stuff kind of sounded the same to me. Um, I think musically, song to song, it's different. Sure, right? But it's, vocally, it's for me just vocally yeah. because it's not like they have an additional screamer or additional vocalist it's just the one guy screaming the one way every song every time and 
for me, I really just wanted to hear the, at least a few songs by them. Yeah. Right? So I went to that show more for, like, Most Flames than Same. anything. Same. I wanted to hear counterparts, but at the same time, I'm like, dude, I've been up since 4.30. <laughs> yes. Um, I've been blown away by boundaries that kind of stole the show. Mm-hmm. They set the bar high. Um, counterparts comes out. First off, for whatever reason, there was an extended period of time for them to get set up yeah, and, and a, get started. So yeah. there was probably the, another the 10 or 15 minutes. there was kind of irritating. And so by the time they played, I was kind of like over it. Uh, over it. Yeah. Um, which I think they, they done themselves a disservice there. And I don't know, maybe there was a technical difficulty or yeah. something like that. But by the time they came out, I mean, fuck, there was like 30 to 40 minutes between moths and them playing yeah and by that time i was like y'all should have started at least 20 minutes ago 15 minutes ago there was a good 15 20 minutes extra between because we had actually talked about before moths came on like man they are getting they're going between sets in a hurry it was like 15 minutes in between each set yeah which just enough time to take a piss get a beer perfect yeah absolutely it's perfect for the crowd it's perfect for the the stage crew yeah and for them they it was like 30 to 40 minutes before they they took the stage and i was like man you you lose that energy i i I lost my excitement around it same and Same. so once we got through the few songs, I was kind of with you. I, I was trying to get home. Um, I didn't want to be out too late. No. We had a drive. Through Columbus um, on the night they were I, doing fireworks. I, I had to stick around for at least a few songs. Yeah. The few songs they played, they they fucking killed it. Oh, absolutely. They yeah. fucking killed oh, they it. They were on point. Yeah, They were perfect on, on what they were playing. Screamer sounded like he he was having a great fucking day. Yeah. Um absolutely. the guitarist, you know, tone and everything to me was good. They had like a little wall of orange cabinets set up. I know not everybody is into that sound. I I like it. Mm-hmm. Uh the darker sound of the orange cabinets and uh, you know, amplifiers and stuff. I enjoy that, but I also am into you know, Hardcore and hardcore shit like that. Hardcore and new metal and shit like that, yeah. where it is more of a darker tone. Um, so, yeah, what they what they did play was fantastic. Yeah. But I was, by the time they took the stage, I was kind of over the night. Yeah, I not say, necessarily over them, just yeah. over the night. It, but yeah, you know, that's not, you know, not necessarily Counterpart's fault, but it's just, man, we, you know, like I said, we'd had a long day. We'd both worked all day. Um, hour and 15 minute drive up there, hour and 15 minute drive home. So there was a lot involved in that. Plus we'd already been, you know, ravaged by boundaries, um, and moths both. So it was, um, it was kind of to the point where we heard, you know, like I said, we'd heard a couple songs and kind of lost that energy. And then once we lost it, couldn't really get it back. You know, and I don't know that anything would have got it back just because it had been a long day. So 
Uh, but really again, we weren't day. there. This sounds terrible, but plus we had you know some some five guys burgers and fries on the way up, so that was kind of sitting heavy. Yeah, them carbs. Bud. Oh, bro, it was amazing. Especially when though. you hadn't had a carb all fucking day like me. Like I didn't have a single carb all day. I'd barely had carbs all week. Well, I mean, saying that's my problem is I, I'll fucking go all day without having any carbs, and then with the worst time to eat them, I'm like, hmm, some bread sounds good. <laughs> But anyway, or some Cajun seasoned yeah. fries. Oh fuck! See, I think overall it was a good show. It was. It I was think, a fantastic show. I think the venue has their shit together, well organized. the The sound was great. Um, overall, I think cool atmosphere. Each, cool each people. band brought a different element, but I think they all worked well together on a bill. Yeah, which it was, was really good to have four bands fit that well together on a bill. Right. Whew. Especially, you know, talking about fucking Norma Jean and Memphis Mayfire being on a yeah. bill together. Like, that's, oh, that's that was kind of stupid. Yeah. Yeah. But good for Norma Jean to get on because uh, Memphis is insanely popular. <clears throat> so they're more popular than Norma Jean. Yeah. You know, so for them to get on that big of a bill, good for them. Um, but yeah, great show. Um, if I could have reworked the show order, I probably would have had it. Omerta, Counterparts, Moths, Boundaries. Yeah. As my headliner. Hindsight's um, 2020. Hindsight's though. 2020. But great show. Awesome bands. I'm so glad we got to come out and, and see you guys being dads with, with full-time jobs and, and side projects like the pod and the band and, and other shit. It's it's harder than it used to be for us to get out. And, a new uh, dog. And, huh? A new dog. Yeah, you do have a new dog. <laughs> so it, it's a lot harder for us to go out and see shows, so we're pretty picky about the ones that we go to. Um, like I said, we went to this one. Our next one's not till October, and it's fucking Polaris and Currents. So, yep. um, who you've already seen both. Yep. I haven't seen either yet, but I'm I'm juiced about it. So again, uh mentioning Polaris, obviously, you know, our deepest condolences to uh the family of Ryan, uh the the members of Polaris. Um uh an incredible loss for the music, uh the the metal community. Um huge influence on me um musically and uh yeah, he he's he's definitely missed. We'll will always be missed and uh, I, I know that Polaris will carry on uh, his legacy and his memory well. So um, thank you guys for tuning in. Um, I know we went over our allotted time here, but we do that a lot. Um, hope you enjoyed <laughs> this little quick breakdown. And uh, we'll we'll make sure to keep you in the loop on all of our upcoming concerts that we go to. And we'll always try to do some of these breakdown episodes because uh, I think this will be be pretty popular and give, give some people... Um, reasons to go to shows because that's what we want we want people going to see live music absolutely tyler any other closing thoughts no i there there's some things that that show brought up that we'll hit on oh some, yes. some main episodes um some hot takes maybe things like that yeah, but it uh, gave us some great topics for us uh, some some season four content, i so. i will say we had band practice today and my screams were on point Outstanding. and i find that after every metal show I go to, for whatever reason, for you know the 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 few practices after, my screams are fucking there. Yeah, and it's I it's I don't like know what it is it's so, something about the the state of mind that it, that it puts me in sure. for like, and it's a lasting effect. It's not like. Just the next day, I yeah. can scream, or I, I I feel like doing it well, or whatever. It's like several weeks after, so I think going to to concerts 
um, getting to experience that, let loose a little bit, um, be like Chris, exercise some demons. Fuck yeah. Um, it's metal as fuck, bro. Yes. I think it has a, a lasting effect on your state of mind, and I think it's very important for everyone, regardless what kind of music you're into, There's to nothing get out. like live music. Get out, listen to more live music, yeah. and fucking talk about it with your with your people. And and go go see bands you've never seen before. Reach. I mean, I would have never discovered boundaries if it wasn't for this show. And now they're like my whole fucking personality. So, <laughs> and it's here. not even like it's that expensive to go to shows. It was tw- our tickets were twenty bucks. Twenty bucks, and then it was another. Well, five guys is pretty expensive. So, like another oh, dude, twenty our bucks. Meal to eat. was more expensive than our concert tickets. Right. So you know whatever that is, and then we even had to drive an hour there and an hour back. Like, probably cost fifteen twenty bucks in gas. Like you're talking about twenty forty sixty eighty. Like hundred bucks. Hundred bucks total for two people to go see a show and it's going to have a lasting effect Absolutely. on us for fucking life. You'll I'll never forget forever, I'll never forget those first three notes coming out of boundaries and my whole fucking demeanor changing. That one breakdown where we I mean that I put on uh, I put on all the social medias on my Snapchat. Oh yeah. There was, was that uh stupid. that one song uh, no one gets a happy ending. Oh, pfft. that fucking breakdown there. Oh, man. The, the breakdown. I can't remember what song it is. Where I am undeniable, and the whole fucking oh, place is jumping. And yeah, man. yeah, that. Sh- yeah, <laughs> he starts like he starts like talking like I am undeniable, and it like like this build up. It's a and build that up. Place, the place starts fucking going. Yeah, it's fucking insane. There's nothing like live music. Go out and see somebody. And talk and talk about it. Talk about your experience. That's why that's why we're doing this episode here because it's always fun to talk about this shit. So um as always, make sure you follow all of our socials, Instagram, Twitter, TikTok, Facebook, all of it at T S I S Podcast Podcast, or just search the Screaming Idiots Show. Um appreciate you guys tuning in. Hope you enjoyed it. And until next time, we are the Screaming Idiots. We'll see you next week. Peace, love, dove.